and welcome back to Black and White, where we speak radical grace, raw truth, and real hope in a gray world. I'm your host, Denise Pass, with my awesome co-host, Micah Maddox, and we are excited to have you with us today as we discuss how to keep worldliness out of our homes. Here in April, we are doing a series on parenting in a fallen culture. And here's a verse to frame up our discussion today, Titus 2, 11 and 12. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. So, Micah, what are some things you do in your home to protect your children's hearts? Well, I just lock them in their bedrooms. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't let them out. I'm all for this plan. (laughs) All for it. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, I just wish that we could live in a world where there weren't just, you know, surrounded by sin. Mm -hmm. But here's what my husband always says He says, you know, sometimes we want to think that we are protecting our children from sin getting in from the outside world. Mm. However, the real truth that the Bible teaches is that sin comes from within. Oh, that's good. So although we want to put our children in a bubble and wrap them up and not allow them to be hurt Mm. by the world, they are capable of hurting themselves, right? Yes. So Mm. what we need to do in our job is to really shepherd their hearts and I am not perfect at this. I am in the thick of crazy with this. I have it, you know, from ages two all the way up to almost 12. And we do what we can do. We do our best. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we've started this year is at the breakfast table, we all try to join together by seven o'clock. It doesn't always happen, but that's the goal. And we get there, we eat, and then we each have a day where we open God's Word. And we read a few verses from the Bible. Mm -hmm. And after that person reads, then we talk about what that verse is teaching. And typically, my husband takes the reins with it, and he tries to teach an obedience lesson or a Mm -hmm. kindness lesson or something that we're dealing with in our family at that that point. And I think what this does for our kids is it really shows them, hey, first thing in the morning, the most important thing is not only that we feed our bodies— but that we tend to our souls and that we focus our minds on God's Word and we focus our minds on Jesus. And then following that time, we pray. And, you know, sometimes our kids' prayers, you know, aren't all we want them to be. And then other times they teach us a lot through their prayers. Mm -hmm. I have one of my daughters is struggling with some health issues. And um, she prayed the other day. It was her turn. And she said, And Lord, thank you that you are healing me. Mm. And, you know, we haven't gotten the healing diagnosis from the doctor, but she's already thanking the Lord for what she believes Mm. he's going to do. And I thought, wow, man, she teaches me just as much as I am trying to teach Mm. her. So one of the things we do is just start the day. We try to start the day on the right foot. And, you know, the other things that we do happen just in the mundane times of the day. When, as we're going through our day, we try to use the opportunities that God gives us to teach and to train our kids the truth of God's Word. Mm-hmm. And that might be in our interactions with people at the grocery store, at a restaurant. It might be as we talk through the issues that happened at school that day. Um, so that's how we start our day. Denise, what about you? 
Well, you know, listening to you, I had several thoughts. One was, that's exactly how we started our day, too, and everything we did. And notice I use the word did. Mm. I think, you know, what is hard is we can hold on to certain seasons and think that it should look that way. And I've learned to be flexible because now I can't have things the way they were then because obviously I've got two kids on a college campus, another one who's doing dual enrollment and another one virtual charter school. We're all over the board. But I will cherish always that foundation is holding, you know, that I laid of that early rising. We'll have Bible time together and seek the Lord together. And now they've got to carry that torch. I love that. That's so good. So for us, you know, as as we talk, I know there's some mamas out there who are nursing babies and chasing toddlers. Yes. And they're like, y'all, this isn't even real life. You know, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? Sitting around the breakfast table, <laughs> reading, it sounds real sweet, but really? Um, so let me just give you the inside scoop here. My two-year-old is not up at this time. He's still in his crib. Yeah. And even if he's awake, it's like, sorry, dude, it's not your turn yet. You know, yes. you know, you just have to stay there while we do this. Um, and when I was nursing babies and doing all that, this wasn't what our lives looked like. Exactly. You know? Mm-hmm. And so our Bible time at that time, it would look like a Bible storybook on the couch and teaching those kids to sit still for a second while we read a book together, you know? It's really about persevering, yeah. you know, and being yeah. disciplined. What does that season look like and how can you fit it in? Just last week, my 24-year-old came to me and said, you know, Mom, I would love to do this devotion with you. Wow. And I thought, you know, that's so neat because for years it was me encouraging, but now they're coming back. And like you were mentioning uh, before, I'm learning from them Mm. and I just love it. And so just persevere, you know, do the, as Mike was just sharing the do's of what she does, Bible time and prayer. And these are things that you can do. We're going to get to the don'ts here in a second. Um, A couple other things that I've done as my kids have gotten older is you do have to, like you said, you can't keep them in a bubble. And so what does that look like? And it's going to look different for everybody. But Facebook, social media, um, my kids knew they had to be 16. That's the age that I felt in my spirit. Wow. So I think a lot of people will be like, 16? Like every 11-year-old has stuff now, you know? <laughs> I think they have to type in a fake birth date for that. But right? yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. And yet they still, so many of them are still on it, even though, you yeah. know, the world world even says, you know, I think 13 at yeah. least, right? Well, and I felt very judged because I also had their passwords. Now, it's not because I'm nosy or I want to get the latest, you know, scoop there. They know that I respect their space as well, but I could pop in at any point and they know that too. Mm-hmm. And it's just accountability and teaching my kids a culture of accountability that as they grow older, they're going to want that. They're going to establish their own convictions. I've laid a groundwork for that, but as they got older, I had to open up a little bit more and say, okay, obviously you're probably going to have social media. Just about everybody does. Um, Uh, once you get to be an adult. So I wanted to train them how to handle social media. When inappropriate things were said, how would they respond to that? What content would they put up? What is the purpose of it? If it's all that we do is for the glory of God, then we don't want to just be wasting idle time. Mm, I love that. You know, I think with the season of life that I'm in, and for those of you that have younger kids, it's a good idea to go ahead and start the conversation now Mm. about social media. So one thing I do with my kids is I remind them, any picture that you put out there can always be found, right? Mm. Even these apps that disappear, you know, have the disappearing pictures after a certain amount of time. 
anything you put out there can always be found. And when you go to get a job in 10 years, yes. your history can be pulled up. Mm-hmm. And the first thing some of those employees are going to do is pull up your social media. And they want to see who is this person really. So it's important that we begin this conversation early so that yes. when when our kids do actually get into the world of social media and sucked into the vortex of this time waster that they know what they're what they're up for really yes yeah and really we're teaching them to die to self in everything mm-hmm. they're doing you know whether it's you know even on social media if it's whatever freedoms that they think they have in their new boundaries as they get older it's learning to glorify god and die to self Um, This is a lot of what I have tried to do in creating a refuge for my children. So what are some of the don'ts that you have? We talked about some of the do's. Yeah, you know, don'ts are always hard because everybody has their own list of things that Mm -hmm. they don't like. Mm -hmm. And my kids probably think that I'm like the strictest mom in the world. (laughs) They actually think I'm really fun. They do tell me that. They think, you know, I'm a great mom. But there are some things that we say no to Mm -hmm. that sometimes they're... Friends, moms, you know, will say yes to. Yes. So for us, one of those is phones. You know, we we haven't set an age on it. We just have not yet. Um, But we definitely aren't the, okay, everybody gets a phone at 10. You know? (laughs) Um, So the other thing is, you know, we have a TV, but we don't have cable. And and the kids can't just hop on the TV whenever they want. Mm -hmm. You know, they Mm -hmm. have to ask. No TVs in their bedrooms. And we don't have iPads that they can just hop on whenever they want to. I know this is a big one because a lot of people have, you know, each kid has their own tablet and they use them for educational purposes. And that's amazing. And there are great apps out there that can teach children how to read and how to play music and how to, you know, do their math homework where they otherwise wouldn't be able to necessarily learn it well. Right. right? So there are good things that can be, um, that can come out of having a tablet for your kids. So I'm not here to say, you know, it's wrong to have a tablet. However, for us and our family, you know, I don't have a child right now that needs that one for learning. Mm -hmm. I don't have a child right now that needs one for um, just to pass the time. We have lots going on and we don't need really to pass time. Time Mm -hmm. passes faster than we can, you know, grasp hold of it. So we don't do the tablet thing. Um, It's just something we've chosen to do. Not that we won't always, but that's something, one way that we have protected our kids' minds to decide not to do that. Um, One thing that's super controversial, but I think there's enough evidence out there these days that I think most people understand, is we don't do sleepovers at Mm -hmm. other people's houses. Mm -hmm. And the reason, you know, it's not that I don't trust other people. It's not that I don't trust my kids. It's that, you know what? We are human. Everyone is. Everyone has their own standards. Everyone has their own ways of doing things. And I'm just not ready to throw my kid into a room where, you know, I don't know what's happening yes. and I don't know what they're going to be exposed to and that they're not prepared to be exposed yes. to. Right. Mm-hmm. So for us, you know, it's just the right option right now, not to put them in a position where they don't know how to respond. 
you know, that's so good. And you're protecting their heart and protecting them to do that. And so we, you know, I did the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And now that my kids are older, of course, we made adjustments along the way uh, to some of that. But I think the key thing was when they were little, we had those boundaries there. We didn't necessarily explain to them the full reason why we did. As they got older, I began to tell them why. Mm -hmm. Of course, Mm -hmm. when they were little, I would say things like bad company corrupts good character. Right. And they knew that scripture really well. And I'd say, it doesn't mean we're judging other people. It doesn't mean, but we're going to discern for our family. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And what does that look like? You know, we're going to guard our eyes, as it says in Psalm 101. Mm. You know, um, I'm going to be careful how I walk in my house. Mm -hmm. And so if in our own home, we can walk with integrity, that prepares us to encounter our culture and reach our culture. So some don'ts that I have. Um, so we did allow cell phones around 16 or 17 when they had a license because we saw that as they needed it then. Right. But so then, let me ask you this because I know parents are out there going, 16? <laughs> like all of my kids' friends are nine and they have a cell phone, right? Oh so how did you navigate those years of like 14, 15 where they didn't have phones and they're saying, but mom, mom, or did they beg for a phone or how did that oh, work? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So tell us how you got through those hard years. Well, and even worse, I turned off texting. So when they got the phone, I'm sorry, but you can just call me at first. <laughs> this, is, this is their phone. You know, it rings and you can talk on it and that's it, right? <laughs> I realized that my goal in life was not to be popular. Okay. And my goal in life was to be faithful and to steward their hearts. And so for me, I'm accountable to God. So when I gave them that phone, it was scary because I'm thinking other people can reach them. And you might say, oh, come on. But there are so many bad influences in this world. And I wanted them to be equipped and prepared for that. And so Mm -hmm. that is why they had to be a certain age. And then, you know, I let them have texting. But... um, even with that, there's so much today. Goodness gracious. Yeah. You know, Snapchat, yeah. we didn't do that at first because, hey, the pictures can disappear, you know. Right. Uh, Instagram, you know, all these things. But the don'ts I have, I really want them to understand my heart. Just like God doesn't want us to sin because He knows it's killing us. Right. I want them to understand that boundaries lie in pleasant places. Mm. You know, and they're there to protect our hearts and keep us from great burdens. Yeah, you know, I've heard it. I've heard the illustration of, you know, boundaries aren't to keep us from something. They're to keep us for something. So it's like you think mm. of a you think of a huge field and you've got a fence around that field and you have the freedom to roam and to run through that field, but beyond the fence. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's danger out there. It's it's lurking. And the devil is a roaring lion. He is seeking to devour and yes. to destroy our kids and our families. So I think it's so wise to set up boundaries. And kids want them. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. I've had kids come back to me and say, thank you. Mm. All those times where I gave you a hard time, I just want to apologize, Mom, because I thank you that you care. Isn't it? It's so worth it in that moment. Mm-hmm. One of my girls recently was telling me about a situation with a friend, and this friend has a rough life, and she said, you know, I don't even think her parents even care. Mm. And I was like, wow. She's like, so, Mom, I really am thankful that you care. Mm. And I thought, man, wow, how amazing that a child could already yes. see, you know, that it's important to have boundaries. It's important to know that mom and dad care. So we share this today to really encourage those of you listening to make your house 
a haven. Make your home a place of refuge for your family. The raw truth is that we can be in the world, but not of the world. And we have the radical grace of God, that God gives us the grace to live by His standards. The real hope we hold to is that our protection of our children's hearts will not be in vain, Mm -hmm. but they will bear fruit into the next generation. So mom, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a good job. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth.